Wertes in der Kleinstadt Winden ein Junge auf mysteriöse Weise verschwunden. Die Frage ist nicht, wer die Kinder entführt hat, sondern wann. Das Ende ist der Anfang. Und der Anfang ist das Ende. Tick, tick. Du wirst alles verstehen, wenn es an der Zeit ist zu verstehen. Tick, tick. Aber jede Entscheidung für etwas ist doch immer eine Entscheidung gegen etwas. Hello and welcome to Dark, a companion podcast to the Netflix TV series. I'm Acorn. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I did that. We had so right. many wrongs in our last Radio Wind, and it's just so carrying cute. over. It was such a lovely episode. Anyway, it I'm was. so sorry. I'm Acorn. I'm Murgles. And I'm PB. Wollen wir anfangen? Yay! Science and time travel day. The, oh. a- the acorn TED talk day. I'm so yeah. ready. Oh I'm God. so ready. Let me tell you, I barely scratched the surface. I still have notes that I didn't even explore, but I think we're going to have enough to talk about. Yeah, for probably. An hour. So I'm just going to stop there. We can always mm-hmm. loop things oh, in later. I'm so stoked. Uh, I see what you did there. Loop it oh. in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Before we dive in, though, I just want to point out that this is a companion podcast, also known as a retrospective and not a watch along. So if you're joining us today and you haven't watched the whole series, please stop, go watch the rest and come back hungry for more discussion. We talk about everything in this podcast, theories, things that we've noticed, things that we've discovered in our research. And we've chosen to run this podcast as more of a discussion between friends. So we each go away with a topic for the week. We come back with our notes written down. We don't share it beforehand. And we have a organic conversation. So no one has any sneak peeks. This also means we won't always get everything right, but it should lend for more surprises, more brong moments, And ultimately, we want you to feel like you're in our living room discussing right along with us. And as I said before, today, we're talking about science and time travel. This is going to be a meaty conversation. Speaking of science. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. For the listeners, PB was uh, pouring iced tea into a glass. So that's what that... Conversation the science was, was yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah with a really cool sciencey contraption yeah it's well yes i don't even know how to explain it so let's just let your imagination run away with you <laughs> all right well today's gonna be a beefy episode we're gonna start off a little um fun one of the first things i wanted to do in going into this topic about time travel is focus on the cave yes because if you haven't noticed the cave looks different in each time period 1921, 1953, 1987, and 2019. So I painstakingly went back through the series and took screenshots of the cave entrance because I just wanted to. I just wanted to compare them. So I'm going to drop these pictures. I love this crew. I love this team for this podcast. (laughs) I went through and I did all this crazy shit. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. (laughs) And also for our listeners, we will be posting all of the pictures, all of the links, which... It's going to be a lot in our show notes. So check it out on thegeekgeneration.com slash dark slash show notes and click on this episode to see everything we talk about today. Wow. The level of detail, because like some of these entrances have like way more foliage, fallen trees, like that's all set Mm -hmm. design that would have been done in control. I'm just noticing this. That's wild. Did you know the cave doesn't exist? No, it's not a real cave. They built it. Wow. That's crazy cool. Oh, sick. Oh, wow. I thought it existed. I know. I did, too. It looks so real. So I'm Mm going to have uh, two links in there. One is to a tweet. One is to a Reddit link. The Reddit link shows the actual bare landscape. It's Mm -hmm. just like a hill. It's like a little divot in the ground around all the trees. I was going to say, because... Some people have posted photos being like, I think even the producer or one of the writers did a picture in picture. And and I was like, wait, where's the cave? Wow, they built it there. (gasps) Yeah. Look at that. You never would have known. Yeah. Look at that absence of the cave. It's just regular landscape. And they made it so interesting. So realistic. Wow. That's very impressive. 
Yeah. So when you think about it, that wasn't even there. So not only did they who build does that, yeah, wh- whose right? brain walks by? Like I'm friends. I'm a photographer. I walk by and I'm pretty impressed. Not to toot my own horn, but sometimes when I look at the photos and the photo shoot that we've done, and then I look at the location, I'm like, how did I see that there? How did I know that that was going to be good? But I, this is next level to walk by this hillside and be like, oh, that's it. Put a cave there. That's our spot. What? Absolutely wild. That's so cool. So not only did they build a cave out of nothing, just landscape, they also gave each cave entrance and each timeline a very unique look. Yeah. So 1921, they have the tools and the logs and all of the stuff sitting out front. Um, You especially see that in the scene between Noah and Bartosh when they come out after digging the tunnel. 1953 has the almost like a a jail iron bars on the right hand side. 1987, though, that's gone and the trees are more closely placed to the entrance. So it's a little more scrubby, a little more wild looking. And then 2019, you have the iconic yellow armchair where the drugs were hidden. That's so cool. What a what a crazy find, Acorn. That's wild. That one's been brewing for a while. I would notice it as I was watching the show and I'm like, I wonder, did they do everything? Did they do something different for every time yeah. period? Yeah, I noticed that, especially obviously from 2019 where the armchair is there and then the armchair is not there in other locations. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed when they went to the other world, the armchair is on the opposite side, of course, which is like super cool. But yeah, the the details, like they must have been, obviously they built the cave and they added things like foliage and they changed the set, quote unquote. Uh, yeah. So obviously they must have had discussion about what the set for each timeline was going to be and what it would mean and why they were adding things like foliage mm-hmm. or why they were adding underbrush or overbrush or something like that. Yeah. And it makes sense because 1921, they were actively working on the tunnel. 1953, that was when Claudia told Tranta that her family owned the caves and they weren't allowed to go in there. So it makes sense that there was a piece of fence or an obstacle to kind of block the entrance to the cave. In the 80s, it feels like it was all forgotten. And I think we got the sense of that when they went back in time and it was all about, you know, the legends of the caves and the lunatic who escaped the asylum. It was all kind of urban legendy. Yeah. And then in 2019, it was a hot hangout spot for teens. Eric hid the drugs there and, and all of that. So I feel like they really changed the feel and the way that the town inter- interacted with that location across the different timelines. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so kind of a fun start there. Super cool. All right, so to really kick off our conversation about time travel, I felt like it was appropriate to start with the time machines. Yes. Because a lot of focus is placed on the devices, the ones in the suitcase, the round Apple ones used in the alt world, and then also the God particle. So um, I have actually, I found this really, really cool fan-made poster that breaks down the different time machines as well as the cesium, the fuel for it. But one of the most standout parts of this is actually a quote that comes from Ron from 2019 in an interview. The quote is, once you realize that we are telling a story in a world where the timeline isn't linear, then you understand that there is only one time machine, just a different version. Oh, and I absolutely love that because that's one of the things that you struggle with as a viewer when you're watching the show, because you're like, wait, there's a chair in a bunker. And then there's also these devices. And then there's the God particle. Like, why are they doing all these things? Why are they working on the chair when all this other stuff exists? Mm -hmm. And it's it's not different. It's all the same. There was a beginning of, of development and an end in development. And so that's where each step in the timeline is important because you need that prior knowledge and able to make the next iteration. Mm -hmm. Even Jonas in the show says this, every development builds on the previous one. First, you have the wheel, then the car. Yep. So I wanted to dive into this a little bit more. I'm going to link the time machine poster that I found and shouts to Redditor NC Arnold for putting this together. You did a fantastic job and really kind of supplemented the information that I found. Oh, wow. This is insane. Incredibly detailed. Wow. I mean, yeah. really, 
ultimately it's a time saver because I was kind of dreading going in and researching this all myself. So thank you so much for making this. It reinforced the notes I'd already taken. Holy shit. This is a Charlie wall. This yep, is 100% this is a, a Charlie this wall. This is one of the best Charlie walls I've ever seen because it's also yeah. um, color coordinated to the show. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. well done. I love the the notation as well. God particle mm-hmm. one, God particle two. I also, I, I was curious, Acorn, in your research, did you take a good look at the time machine itself? Like the one that's in the suitcase, that design? I did. And so okay. that's something I wanted I'll, to talk yep, about. I'll wait. Did you, did you have a note on that? No, I just was curious if it came up because I, I feel like there's something there. And I, uh, yeah, but I, I'm here for the Acorn TED Talk. I'm ready. Please continue. <laughs> okay, awesome. No, that's um that's something I wanted to talk about because, you know, a lot of the mystery in season one hinges on the missing boys. Mm-hmm. And the reason they are missing is because they were killed in the chair because the chair wasn't at the point of functioning yet. So the three boys died. And then finally, once it worked, Helga was able to be sent back in the past. That's something I wanted to kind of point out because... All right. So if you remember in the scenes when Eric was in the bunker, Mm -hmm. the chair was very simplistic. It still had that mechanism that folded in front or Mm -hmm. swiveled in front of his eyes. And it had almost these copper coils sticking off of it. Yes. I took a screenshot from the show. What's really interesting is you see those copper coils in an early prototype of the device. Yeah. And again, thanks to the Reddit community for pointing this out as well and saving me having to go take some screenshots. It shows um, a screenshot of one of the early prototypes and you see those coils sticking off of it. Whoa, dude. And then the rest of it has the same kind of functions that you see in the later version. And of course, Tanhouse was able to complete his prototype once the finished version was brought back to him. So it is one of the bootstrapped oh my uh, articles in the show. This is insane because the, co- oh my God, because obviously the coils, I mean, the coils may indicate that they just learned through doing the previous testing on the boys that that was the way to go. But to me, mm-hmm. I read that as those are the coils that were used, which means, yes, it is all one machine. It's all one thing. Holy fuck. Yeah, see, and this is crazy because I didn't even clock that on the machine. What I looked at was that this itself, this whole thing closed, Mm -hmm. looks like the the closed bit, small bits on the machine that are four. But my God, that is crazy. But look at the difference between the two. So the prototype version is a little clunky. It has the same look and feel as the original version of the chair. Uh The finished version is sleek. It has more parts. It has more round bits like the finished version that was able to send Helga back to 1953. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So... God, the set design, like the yeah. production of the show, taking those little visual cues yeah. from the different versions to illustrate that this is, in fact, the same machine. Wait a minute. Oh, yep. that's crazy. <laughs> it's like taking a computer that used to take up an entire room, you know, back in the 50s. And now yeah. they fit in our pockets in the version of a smartphone. But if you were to gut it open, the chips would look the same. Like the technology mm-hmm. still is following down the line it's just evolved yeah that's wild that's super super cool now my question then uh does become is it the same machine that they've just fine-tuned over and over and over again you know i think that's well, and then how at. does that lead to the god particle yeah 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 okay or it's it's the the technology of the chair was adapted into the time travel device Mm. and both of them were kind of simultaneously existing because they were taking their findings from one applying it to the other but they weren't able to get it to work until the finished version of the device was brought back to tan house oh my god oh my god what pp i just had a moment where i was looking at that picture and i went the screenshot that acorn posted of the copper wire and i looked at eric's hair and i went God, that was that's so well done. The teal thing, the copper wire and the red of his hair and the teal background. It's just beautifully done. The purple matches the purple tones in his skin. It's like it's a photographer's wet dream, that picture. And I went, uh-huh. huh, the copper wire and the red hair. And I went, we always wondered what the red hair was in dark and if it meant anything. 
Who's got red hair and dark? We know Francisca's got it. Yeah. Who else has it? Yeah, Francisca and Eric. Eric has it. Who else has it? Is it just those two that we know I of? I think it's just those two. Yeah. Well, so then I'm looking up. Well, I know that they use copper wire because it's lower level of resistance and it will conduct more electricity. Mm. So I just then started following through and then going, okay, we know Francisca has red hair and we know it's a recessive gene, right? Yeah. So where does it come from? If it's not from Charlotte, the baby stolen, where is it from? Peter's side, Helg. Helg has it, the time traveling (gasps) child. The red thread, dude. It's literally (laughs) the red thread. Holy shit. No shit. Yeah, like just a really cool tidbit there that's that's fucking neat man that's so fucking holy cool. shit and um eric's father hold on let's follow this back he's the plant worker mm-hmm. yep so he's by the nuclear power plant and he's by that nuclear reactive energy that then ends up making the time travel possible yeah so it's just like a neat thing he puts his hands on the barrels mm-hmm. he mm-hmm. is the one who transports them back and forth oh that's a great detail yeah so it's like you know uh, obviously we're not saying red hair is is uh, radioactive or anything like that it's a, it's a recessive genetic gene but it's a really neat nod to be like it's just a really neat red th- literal red thread nod yep. to these people in the past that have directly touched the time travel have directly been impacted by this time travel so it's very cool because i always wondered like you know honestly it's pretty rare to see people with red hair being you know presented as like main characters in a show unless they have a very specific you know sexual appeal purpose or something like that it's just rare and i remember in dark Mm -hmm. seeing it and going like oh man hell yeah finally just like some cool redheads that we've got in the show. But it, it may also have just been like a neat, another neat nod that they did. I don't know. But that's very cool. Super cool. Speaking of radioactive waste, cesium is an important... <laughs> Shut up. I'm going to be full of segues today. <laughs> I love it. It was perfect because it came right after redheads. Speaking of radioactive waste. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, cesium was next in my notes because in order to time travel in this show, they use cesium-137. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Tanhouse explains that the electromagnetic waves put off by Ulrich's cell phone, which Tanhouse kept in 1953 is what's used by the time travel device to increase the mass of the cesium, creating a Higgs field in a black hole. And something I didn't realize is in season three, Claudia talks about how that actually interacts with the tunnel. So get this in season three, episode five, alt Claudia is telling her younger self, the passage was open for the first time in the summer of 1986 the older Jonas shut it in 2019. Mm-hmm. Jonas opened the passage again in 2020. All three times, cesium residue was left behind, resulting in radioactive half-lives. In each cycle, at all three moments, cesium is brought back into the tunnel before it has fully decayed. It expands exponentially ad infinitum. Mm. That's how the passage was created and how it must continue to exist for eternity. Everything has to happen again. And I just thought that was such a cool detail that one of the characters actually explained how time travel in the tunnel is, is working. possible. Yeah. 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 And it folds over itself multiple times across the timelines because of all the instances where cesium was introduced to that one location. There's this cake in Germany and it's called a Baumkuchen, which is like a tree cake because it's made uh, with so many layers that it looks like the rings of a tree. <gasps> Oh, I love oh, that. Oh, wow. I don't know why that's what popped into my head, but Baumkuchen. When you're talking about timelines, I, I like, like that. It's like the timeline. Yeah. yeah. Here, I'll, I'll share. What's it called again? Yeah, I was going to say, because uh, I just about yeah, tried to Google this. time travel cake. So that's where my brain is at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Baum means tree. Oh, so. I've seen this before. Oh, I'm pretty wow, sure they yeah. made this on the Great British Bake Off once. Yeah, that looks familiar. It's apparently yeah. very difficult to make and takes a long time. Yeah, so. mm-hmm. it's very popular in Japan. So that tracks. <laughs> it's very difficult. <laughs> takes a long time. <laughs> that's why I remember seeing it so much. Uh-huh. But yeah, that's really cool. Awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, from here, I'd like to go into the dark matter. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. yes. Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is another way to travel through time in this show. Um, before we jump into it, though, any any notes either of you want to make about time machines or cesium or anything like that we've talked about so far? No, except to say that I really like the way that they presented the science in the show, because, you know, as of right now, obviously, time travel isn't a thing that is accessible to us. But following the steps of logic, it when you look at it like that, I like it when science fiction says, you know, we don't know this, but it could be possible. Yeah, it's potentially a thing that might exist, but we're basing it off of what we actually know when they include a little bit of even if it's flavor science i like that instead of just showing up in a magical device that has no real answer i like that they at least tried with dark to make it sort of make sense Mm -hmm. and that fits with the hermeticism as well right because they say like it's possible to do these things we just don't really know how yet yeah they really did their homework it's Mm -hmm. it's crazy i am um (laughs) i'm coming into this episode not an astrophysicist uh Mm -hmm. not a scientist of any means i'm more the english and humanities type of person but even from what i could grasp in reviewing the show looking at the different findings god they went to such lengths to make this make sense and then to back it up with the way the characters interact with time travel the way it's explained in the show so god props to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so dark matter the dark matter of course um, also called the god particle is that ball of black stuff that you see in both the layer of sigmundus and the nuclear power plant in the show it goes by a couple different names and there's one that i want to um kind of touch on a little bit because of something i discovered from again our friend nc arnold who my God, has gone into the deep end with a lot of the assessment and theorizing with the show. Shout out. Yeah, yeah. shout out to NC Arnold. Out. <laughs> <laughs> um, they call the ball of dark matter ether, dark matter, Higgs field, yep. God particle, radioactive waste, God, and the devil. Oh. The men who were hung for trespassing in 2053 call it God, and Elizabeth from the future calls it the devil interesting that's so cool that is so interesting oh holy shit they're mm, sorry there's some there is some symbology happening there i mean obviously yeah uh, perspective but like yeah life and death beginnings and ends that is really cool yeah the one i want to touch on further is ether and how it ties to plato this is also something that nc arnold brought out um as a point in this Great write-up, which I'm also going to link. Something that I remember learning about in uh, in college, but I had forgotten about. The four classical elements being air, water, earth, and fire. Those are the four main classical elements. But Plato speculated that a fifth element, ether, was what filled space above the atmosphere in the geocentric solar system. So random connection to my life. Yeah. That's the, that's the symbol of Theo uses in Nocturne. Oh, is it? It's the it's the ether symbol. Yeah. To represent like I'm getting that shit tattooed on my body, man, at some point, because there's so much more to it than just that, because I did so much research on that. It's not just I think initial ideas of these elements are like we've got water and um, earth and all fire and all these things. And then this symbol for air or ether sometimes gets confused for just straight air and people think it means like the wind but further research showed that especially like deep in the hermetic circles it was not air as in the air that we you know the wind that we're feeling it's not an element Mm -hmm. in that way it is your very breath it is the space it is your creative space it is your it is where your soul would rest if you had a soul that we don't believe in in the traditional religious sense like if we're going to look outside you know the whole as above so below it's the element that space that we can't see where we know that there's something there it is if the supernatural realm existed it's Mm -hmm. in that space so i just think that that's that's really cool and not to jump in and be like oh but the world of nocturne but like that's such a cool connection bit for me that wow that's really cool 
Absolutely. What's what's the symbol? Because I've seen a couple different ones since, like you were saying, sometimes it refers to air, sometimes mm-hmm. it refers to ether, the binding agent of the universe. So which one did you use for Nocturne? So the traditional alchemical symbol would be the triangle with the line on the top. And then if the triangle is flipped upside down and the lines on the bottom, that's water. So it's like the opposite, but it's also the as above, so below mm. the, the, the triangle, which they use for that. Um, but yeah, so traditionally the triangle with the, with the line up at the top of the triangle is the one that can be used for air or, or ether. Awesome. Yep. I know what you're talking about now. But yeah, the definition of ether has changed since Plato's first mention of it around 400 BC, but it's typically been used to describe the elusive fabric that holds our reality together. More recently, in the 1700s and 1800s, ether was believed to permeate all matter, and although such matter was proven to be non-existent, it hints at the relation between ether and the Higgs field. So I like the concept that they called the dark matter ether in this because of all of the different ties. You know, we've, we talked about this, God, ad nauseum at this point, mm-hmm. just how many books and concepts and philosophies and scientific research that the creators looked into while building this show. So I like to think that there are little nods like this all over the place. Oh, my God. All right. From here, I want to transition into Tan House and the Tan oh. House lectures. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. yes. Oh, oh yes. yes. The Tan House lectures. They, they do this so well where it's like, um, I find it really distracting when uh, shows explain to the audience. And it's very clear that they're just explaining to the audience um, for this portion. But they do this really well. They straight up break the fourth wall. He's speaking directly to us in a lecture format. We actually haven't talked about this too much on the podcast, but there's some uh, symbolism there as well, right? Because it's like he's directly breaking the fourth wall and speaking to the audience, which is why Mm -hmm. we walk away and then have this idea and or feeling that the audience is a participant in the show and in the narrative. Yeah, Yeah, totally. Yeah. So yeah, please. Yeah, there's a couple times that Ten House kind of addresses us, the audience, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in these. One of them is in the conversation between the stranger and Ten House in his clock shop. That was in season one, episode eight, and they specifically talk about the Einstein Rosen Bridge. Mm-hmm. Ten House in that scene explains that the Einstein Rosen Bridge is a passage between a black hole, the entry, and a white hole, the exit, which connects time and space. Mm-hmm. To pass through it is to travel through time. Mergs. Sorry, that just immediately made me think of the finale episode where yep. they're in a passage. <laughs> uh-huh. Like, so I didn't put those two things together from the time that he says it in season one until the end, like the last episode, where they're literally in a passage together between a black hole and a white hole and the <laughs> coloring and everything that's being involved yeah. in that is like, yeah, wow. Yeah, 100%. Oh my gosh. Like, am I, I f- am I off with no, that? Do you you're think? Not off. I think you're that's not like it's just hitting me yeah (laughs) just now what's cool is in that scene he expands on that talking about dualism and how we always think in dualistic ways like entrance exit black white good evil Jonas and marta Uh uh-huh but that's wrong because tenhouse thinks einstein and rosen overlooked something that a wormhole connects not just two but three different dimensions future present and past yep what if we're the third member of that scene where there's Jonas and Marta in the time passage and we're the number three? Dude, dude. Witnessing it? We're the witness. We're part of the time. Well, yeah, because think about that last line that, that haunts me still to this day. Do you think they'll mm-hmm. remember us? That's like, yeah. will you, the audience, you know, remember us and take us with you? Dude, it's also, okay, sorry, I'm just going to deep dive on this because it's hitting me like a wall of bricks. Okay, it's also that every single shot in that scene, they're Mm -hmm. looking at us. It's a direct shot between they are looking at us, we're the door. Dude, and they use that, they use that shot so, hold on, hold on. They use it all the way through. You go first, you go first. (laughs) Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So specifically in that finale scene where they're looking down the barrel of the path, and it's a reverse shot to the door that they're looking at where we see small version of them, right? Yeah. Well, if you interpret it as we, the audience, are in that scene with them, they're looking at us. We're looking at them. No, We're stop. looking at the child version no, of stop. them. They're looking, the child version of them is looking at us. We were there the whole time. Yep. Hold on. Oh. Now, th- <laughs> now think about this. 
okay, this is going to require me to go away and do a skim slash rewatch um, because now I need to know immediately all of these shots in the show, what was happening in this scene, all of these close-up shots, what were they thinking? What was happening? Because they use it a couple of times. It's the first time we see Jonas. Yeah, hold the, the first fuck time on, dude. Jonas, is that dude. close-up shot where he's it's thinking? It's that close-up. He, yep. he comes up. I would have bet he wakes up from his yep. dream and yep. looks at us. us. Yep. Yep. yep, 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 yep. And like, I'm dumping a bunch of these into the group chat, which we will include in the show notes here as well. They do a lot of close-up shots for cinematic effect but these ones it's the same fucking crop look at the where the chin is look at where the head is it's they are mm -hmm. doing this exact same shot multiple times and there's for sure a fucking reason now i'm obsessed in finding out what it is and if it is truly breaking of that fourth wall but we did we are working on doing a version of the podcast that goes up on youtube specifically so that we can just get subtitles right uh-huh yeah so I made a cool intro for the YouTube version of our show that has um, cuts from the show. And I noticed that because I looked for a couple of these really neat close up shots to include. And I noticed that, oh, my God, they're doing the same crop on all of these shots. What does it mean other than just showing this is the child version and this is the adult version and cutting in the same way to kind of like show that illusion. But yeah, that's really fucking cool. I wonder what's happening in each of these moments. And if it's just a retrospective, if it's just them thinking about death or if it's just them thinking about something in particular, I'm very curious. You know what I'm suddenly realizing and curious about? Hmm. I wonder if the creator somehow found a way, like if we're right about our theory that the audience is a participant or an existing part of the show, mm -hmm. that they intended that, what are the choices that they made that feel like audience participation, yeah. as if anticipating our desires. I'm just curious. I, I mean, it's like a crazy thing to throw out, but yeah. I feel, I don't know. I, I mean, my first thought is it sounds, it seems like to me that they were told, telling us the answer the whole time. Yeah. The very first episode starts with Ten House's voice and the pan across the trees and it says, time is not linear. Yeah. And then all the other times, like the lecture in the classroom where I think at one point the teacher is addressing us because we're looking at the chalkboard, all the different times that Tanhouse addresses us through his lectures. Yep. The ending scene with Hannah looking at the camera and saying, I think I'll name I, him Jonas. Dude. Yeah. I think you're Holy onto something. Shit. I do think they break the fourth wall quite a few times, but I almost wonder if it's in efforts to tell us the answer the whole time. Mm, that's a really good point. That's a really, really good point. It could not be that they want us to feel like a participant in the show, but rather that they're trying to tell us something. Yeah. Peeps. I have full body goosebumps. What if we're Charlotte? Hold that thought for a second. I don't mean okay. we're physically Charlotte. What if all of this, which we've talked about before, is for Charlotte to have life and go live a life? What if the creators of Dark were like, here's all that we've learned about how to live all these different philosophies, these different perspectives, and this is our gift for you. This is for Charlotte. Will they remember us? Will they go forward and live their lives? And that's why Tanhouse breaks the fourth wall. That's why they can't find the missing baby. Because that's the third, that's the viewer. We're the missing baby. Yeah, we're the missing baby. I love that. I love it that's, too. That's, yeah, I think that's, that's a beautiful. really cool interpretation. And I don't think they had to do anything extra except what they've already done, which is a lot of love into the show and basically saying, this is what we learned about loss in our life. This is what, you know, helped us move forward and through because we know in our hearts that there is real life experience in this show, in this writing, because it's just too real otherwise for it not to have existed the way they deal with loss, the way they deal with love and, and a lot of these things. So I feel like the very end of that, of dark is a message in like, we might not always know what's going to happen. There isn't an answer. We make our own purpose. It's a very existentialism kind of ending for me. We make our own life. We make our own way. And that's enough. Yes. Yeah. You know, oh my God. Okay. So after you said that, mm -hmm. the second Tan House lecture comes from episode two and mm -hmm. he kind of touches on that. Yeah. He says, because of these gravitational anomalies, it's possible to bend time and space. 
Will we ever be able to travel through a black hole to see what lies beyond? And what price would we pay? How far would scientists go? Yeah. It almost sounds like, like what you're saying, like almost like dark is a cautionary tale in that look what could happen if we go too far when we should just be appreciating what we have right now. Yeah. Look, look what happens when you don't give yourself the space to grieve and that grieving and loss is a part of living and it's a part of life and to not accept it is unnatural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the most natural thing, even though it feels horrifically unnatural when it's happening. You're like, this can't be happening. How is this real life? How is this how things go? Yeah. And unfortunately, there's nothing more human and more natural than loss. Yeah. And living through that loss. Because every everyone will have it. Everyone at some point. Everyone has it. Yeah. Yeah. We all die. Yeah. This show's so meta. Oh my God. So meta. Oh my so God. Deep. <laughs> but in, in all the right ways, I think. In all the right ways. It really is. I like that idea, that interpretation. Mm-hmm. Me too. What else you got for us, Acorn? Yeah, Holy something shit, else man. I want to talk about is um your favorite thing, PB. Yes. The way that they present time travel mm-hmm. in this show and how you can't go back and change something in the past and have it take effect in the future because That's my it favorite. is a closed time loop. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to talk about that concept and kind of what the ramifications are for the end of the show, Mm -hmm. because it was really kind of drilled into my brain what is actually going on at the end. So first, I want to talk about your favorite thing and how just the way that they presented this concept and strung it out over three seasons. We didn't see it, even though it was right there in front of our faces. And then Mm -hmm. I kind of go, go from there. Yeah, absolutely. There are lots of different ways to present time travel in uh, fiction. And uh, a very popular way to present time travel is that you can go back in time and you can change things. And then, you know, you go back to the time you originated from and things are slightly different. You've changed stuff and and now you have to go back again and try to change. And every time you go back, you're changing something. But my personal preference is when you go back in time But if you go back in time, you've always gone back in time. Mm -hmm. So that means that whatever you did back in time could only ever lead to this moment where you then decide to go back in time. So really nothing that you know of can change. So my personal favorite time travel is like when the hero goes back, does something and you're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And then like, for example, I'm just going to do a silly example. The very beginning of the film, our hero walks through and goes, oh, did I spill that coffee? And then they clean it up and go about their day. And then when we go back in time, the hero knocks over the coffee and it's like shit and goes to clean it and then goes, oh, wait, I can't do that because I cleaned it that morning and it made me late. So I can't change that or, you know, I could try, but it's not going to happen. I'm not going to be able to do that. So little nods like that. I really appreciate that's my favorite type of time travel. And I don't know why, because I like the idea that I can change my own destiny. So determinism is something I actively struggle with in philosophy because I believe it to a degree, but it also depresses me to the degree in which I believe in it (laughs) because it makes me feel like I don't really have free thought, even though I I do believe in philosophy free thought to it again to a degree so it's weird to me that i like that kind of time travel which basically says determinism is it's it or get out which yeah. is what nietzsche talks about uh which is what they present in the in the show um that everything will repeat itself and everything is sort of predetermined and predestined and not in the way that god sets a plan for you or that a being you know sets out and sets a plan for you but just in that everything that has happened has already happened and will continue to happen. All the things that happened before led you to make this decision that you are about to make and everything that has happened to you in your life will only allow you to make this decision when you are presented with these choices. I love that. I love that type of time travel. It's so good. Yeah. The concept of a a closed static time loop where Uh it can't change itself because it can't change at all. It simply is already. Mm -hmm. And to change it. that's kind of like life. Yes. You have to go outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's really presented well in the show in two scenes, one of which being where Jonas tries to shoot himself. Yes. The gun Mm -hmm. won't fire. Yes. And Noah tells him time won't let you. Yeah. And I love that concept because if, if there's a closed time loop where everything exists as it always has, 
There's no like weird supernatural magic moment happening there. It's simply that the only outcome of Jonas pulling the trigger that leads to the stable timeline that results in Adam in the future is the gun failing. And so it does. And and yeah, and I like the idea that it's not necessarily the time because the only thing I don't necessarily like about that scene is, and I think it's a translation Mm -hmm. uh, issue, is that they're making it sound like time is this force that has control over it. But really, it's like whatever decision you're making could only lead to this event. So you think you're going to try to do that. But all it did was make Noah walk into the room to try to stop you and save you. And then you take this gun. And of course, like you exist later in time. So if you shoot yourself, you're not going to, something is going to happen where you just won't die. Maybe you will be wounded. Maybe you'll be scarred, but you're not going to succeed in that thing because we know you exist in this other time period. And I think that's really great. They also do a great job of illustrating that with Ulrich. We know he stays trapped because they reference him. You know Mm -hmm. that Katerina, there is no reality in which she doesn't drown in that lake because they say she's down at the bottom of the lake in an earlier episode. So that's a closed loop. No matter what she does, you know, her traveling and her trying to save Ulrich is what brought her to the bottom of the lake. Had that not happened, she wouldn't be there. But if she wasn't there, like, it's just, it's closed. It's that cyclical thing where, you know, you just, you, you can't change that. You know that Mikkel goes back and becomes Michael because otherwise Jonas wouldn't exist. And, and then we also know that Jonas is the one that gives him the letter that eventually tells him to kill himself because it's Mm -hmm. the loop, you know, it's all these decisions, even though he was trying to save his father, what he ended up doing was showing his father there was only one way to go. Yeah. I think the thing that I don't love about the time travel, which we just touched on, is the Mm -hmm. fact that they do sort of hammer home that time is a force in that scene with the gun Mm -hmm. because he shoots it into the wall and then tries to shoot himself and the gun just doesn't go off, which is ultimately I thought was was fine. But I do wonder if there was a yeah, I do wonder if there's a way to still sort of maintain that idea of the closed loop without the time being a force. I think so. I think they could have literally just had that the gun jammed or didn't go off or, you know, it jammed with enough time for Noah to knock it out of his hand and then just leave it at that. We understand the concept then that what you're going to try, even if you try to do this, it will be stopped because we we know you exist. It's not that time has some crazy thing. It's just this is the way things went down. Yeah. And we know ahead of time how it's going to continue to go down. So why bother trying? But is the fact that he didn't bother trying why he still exists to this day? You know, yeah, you don't know, yeah, right? Yeah. And I, I do love feel that. There's a, yeah, I do feel there was an element of, well, people are going to be asking, why doesn't he just kill himself? So we need to answer this question. That's kind of what, yep. uh, what I got away from that. And we... We want to address it in one scene, hammer it home and then move on. I I felt like that was exactly what happened there, too. Yeah, Yeah. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. But we did touch on that as well when it came to Noah and Noah later on trying to kill Adam and the gun not going off then as well. So I do think it still serves like a really excellent purpose. Yeah. I think that's all you needed or maybe a scene like I would have been fine if Jonas tries to hang himself in the same spot where his dad did because I just think that was a really intense moment as a viewer to watch that and then Noah comes in and saves him and he's like why did you save me and even if Noah was like because I've always saved you and that it was it that's all you need to know like that's just what's going to happen and then that scene where Noah fucking doesn't try to save him he tries to shoot him Ah, it's so good it's so good but yeah I agree with you that was the only scene that I didn't like with the time travels because I felt like they made it seem like time was this entity or force or magical Mm -hmm. you know um, conscious being nearly in a way yeah Yeah, but it's after researching and looking into this topic that I realized what they were actually trying to do is just present this concept of a closed time loop where nothing can be changed because it's already been that way everything Mm -hmm. must repeat which leads me to this crazy mindfuck moment where I think we touched on it in a previous episode but at the end After Claudia used the glitch during the apocalypse to change things minutely until she got to the point where she was able to checkmate Adam and get him to help her get Jonas and Martha out of the time loop in order to break it. I actually think that has always happened and always will. And it is literally one of the cats and the other is they fail and Merrick and Sonia die. 
both of these things happen and they have always happened. There is one loop where the cycle continues on as normal and another loop where there's an exit point and Jonas and Alt-Martha's journey to the origin world results in saving Merrick and Sonia. Yep. 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 I actually think that everything Claudia did was not her exploiting it. It was her following the same path that she always has. It is still a closed time loop. I agree with that. But it's Schrodinger's cat. It wasn't until we, the audience, saw witnessed. it. Witnessed. <gasps> oh my God. Holy. Oh, wow. Oh, holy shit, dude. You're right. You're that is the biggest right. fucking wrong we've had on this entire show, dude. Wrap it up, folks. The podcast is done. Wow. We did it. <laughs> holy shit. No, I'm not. That is insane. You are absolutely, You're absolutely right. <laughs> This is why I was up until 5 a.m. this morning and I'm sitting there with wide eyes going, no, fuck, no. It makes so much sense talking about us being the observer and us being part of the the past. That's why Tanhouse has the moment where he does the Schrodinger's cat to the audience. That's why they did it. Episode seven of season three, right before the finale. Yep. Dude, that's why they look at us. That's why the new part. We're new. We're the observer. We're the the new. (laughs) Holy shit. I might pass out. I cannot handle this. I'm sorry. Like, just just to clarify. (laughs) The way she presented that, too, also, just being like, it's Schrodinger's cat. It's not until we, the audience, observe it and, like, Merce and I were like, (laughs) I I watched your brains melt. My brain made the brong noise in my skull. My brain vibrated out of my body just now. I saw both. Black. I by my yeah. pass out. I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. That Holy is Holy shit. I'm overwhelmed. That's the best observation we've had on this podcast so far. And we've had a lot of oh. very good ones. That's my we favorite. Really have. That's my fucking yeah. favorite. This makes me like the ending more. Yep. yep. Because it wasn't an exploitation. It wasn't like a magical Deus Ex Machina fix. They didn't break the loop. It's always been that way. It's always been that way. Dude! I'm freaking out! I said I wasn't going to scream. I said I wasn't going to scream. I was like, keep it together, Mergs. Keep it together. Keep your voice under that red line. And I can't do it. Oh, my God. Dude, worth it, though. Yeah. Holy wow. shit, Acorn. Wow. Tell me that you don't have any more notes for today's episode because that's a bomb that's that you just, that's a <laughs> mic drop. That's it. Yeah. Do we have any other episodes of the podcast? Because I don't know. That's it. I don't think, I think we did it. You know, I, that's yeah. it. Holy yep. shit. And also any, any further Claudia-ness we've god. got next time. Oh my god, yes. I cannot wait for that. Actually, this is perfect then. Because I'm going to do my research yeah, on Claudia. Yeah, we drop this and now we can continue to prove this theory that Acorn yeah, has uh-huh. just this set is the forward. Theory. Yep, because this yep. is oh my, my favorite. Oh my god. Okay, welcome to the end of the podcast. The next four episodes will be a thesis <laughs> as to why this exact theory is correct. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Holy you know, shit. It's, it's perfect because guys, Claudia's next. Yeah, I know. She's I next know. episode. Th- this is it, right? We talk oh about science God. and time travel and then yeah. boom mm-hmm. to the end. Claudia, yeah. then Marta and Jonas, oh and, my God. and then Tanhouse, right? That's those are our final Yep. I'm sorry. I just love that Acorn is sitting there continuing this conversation as if what happened didn't, didn't happen. Ju- yeah, like holy I'm fuck, sorry. man. How can we I <laughs> I had my brong moment at four AM. Dude. So. Acorn, that is a bomb. That is the best bomb so far. Holy shit. I'm going to go back and listen to this episode just so I can hear our reaction to that bomb. Uh-huh. I wish they could have seen us. Yeah. <laughs> Holy we, shit, We dipped out of here so <laughs> fucking fast. We were like, what? <laughs> I think I fell back on yeah. my bed. Like, oh my God. Oh, <laughs> yep. man. Then, uh, then that's it. That's it. That is what? that is it. That's why they do the close-up shot of the face. Yes. Not yes. because they're looking at us, but because it's the observation. It's the dude, observation uh-huh. dude, shot. Dude, dude, I just realized. Oh, my God. Here's the proof. Are you ready? I have chills. Here's the proof. Yeah. Hannah remembers Jonas when she looks at us. Yeah. <gasps> she says, I thanking Jonas as she looks directly into our eyes. We oh, help her remember. Wow. 
Now I have full body goosebumps. I like that too, because it's, it just drives home everything that they've been saying throughout the show. They don't undo what they've been saying at the very end of the show, which I think is one of the major complaints on Reddit, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. What, one really? Of the, yeah, one of the major complaints about that, the that end. That they break their own rules. Yeah, is that they break their own rules. But I don't, you're absolutely fucking right, Acorn. I don't think they do. I just think this is Schrodinger's cat, which is honestly one of the hardest things for people to get a grasp on anyway. Like that uh -huh. it both exists and doesn't exist. That they Until it's observed. Yeah, and things, yep. dude. Oh my God. I am losing my goddamn mind. The whole show is Schrodinger's cat. Thank you for <laughs> coming. It. Schrodinger's dark. Can we just call this episode? It's Schrodinger's cat all the way down. <laughs> yes. Holy. Wait a minute. Is that why they call it dark? Because it's in the dark. Because it's, it's a closed the fucking box. Closed box. Because oh, it's my closed box. <laughs> oh my god! I need to be sedated. I need to sedate. I am bent over. <laughs> oh my god! Holy shit, dude! I just we need did to it. know. <laughs> Listen, I know. I need to know that everybody listening to this episode right now that you are safe. Because if I was listening to this while driving, I would have had to pull over. <laughs> Wait, unless they're like, uh, yeah, dude, we knew the whole time. Yeah, well, props to whoever knew the whole time. But man, this is awesome. This is and I think we've we've maybe touched on the idea, but not the way Acorn succinctly no, said. We no. did. It was like two Until episodes ago. Observed. We talked about yep. Schrodinger's cat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we talked about it in a different way. So yeah. this. Yes, this is like, I think, getting to the root of it. And you're oh, my God, if they fucking named this show dark, because they must have. They must have. Oh, my God. Lord. I buy it. I buy it. Yep, I, I buy it. it. I'm, I I'm it. putting all my credit credits on that. Yeah, because they have. <laughs> yes, because they have the world of the light and the world of dark. Right? They say that. They say there's a dark uh -huh. side and a light side. The closed box and the open What's box. What's a cave? But yep. just a natural box. Yep. Yep. Uh -huh. yep. Yep. Sorry, I just thought I'd bring it back to the cave. But I mean, it's a dark ass cave. That's why they called it dark for sure. Holy shit, man. Holy the, okay, shit. Okay, now we need to find instances of boxes because the letter is kept in the box. Inez, Inez keeps the letter in the box. And what the box other has boxes? the tree of life on the, uh -huh. the time machine is an actual Hannah box. Hannah keeps her gun. The gun is in a box. The bunker's a giant box. Yep, hold on. The bunker is a giant box. The bunker's a giant box. I'm just going to rewatch the scene. <laughs> I'm going to link this here in the show notes if anybody wants to rewatch the scene. I'm doing it right now. Okay. Schrodinger's cat paradox. Oh, it's in English. Awkward. Okay. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I have chills. I have chills. The opening line of this thing is what is reality? Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my God. As they're if zooming the, into the box. The evidence is there everywhere. If yep. we watch the show now, Dude. if we go and do a watch through of the show, knowing uh -huh. that the entire thing is a Schrodinger's cat situation and Dude. we're the observer of yep. the cat. Yep. Yep. What does it say? There are alternate realities and it shows three different boxes, origin world, yep. blah, blah, blah. Acorn, you are right. Acorn, you, uh, welcome to Acorn's podcast. Yep. I'm so happy to be, <laughs> I'm so happy to be a guest on your podcast, Acorn. Oh my God, no, <laughs> shut up. No, I mean, I just can't yeah. right now. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> what? The cat is locked inside a steel chamber with a tiny amount of radioactive substance. <gasps> Stop right now. Oh my god, wait, hold on, hold on. Oh my god, are you ready for this? Adam is, uh, Jonas is slowly becoming more and more poisoned with radiation. He's getting more and more scarred. And the show says it's because he's traveling so much. But he's just in the box. He's in the box with the radiation. <gasps> yeah. Fuck! Yeah. He's just slowly dying. They're all slowly dying. There's, yeah. there's a reality cancer. where they're all slowly dying. Everyone is yeah. cancer. Lyndon is a cancer. Oh they're my god. Oh, Regina's cancer. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Oh my god. Guys, stop right now. A world without Winden, Winden itself is the box. A world without the box. Yes. Yes. That, that makes so, that much, makes so much sense. sense. <gasps> yes. I listen, I am going to pass out. I am I'm rewatching this video. 
Okay. He's got two boxes behind him. And the moment he says, until the moment we observe it, then the shot switches as if he's speaking to a different box. Like if you were to imagine, and I, by, by speaking to a different box, I mean, follow the way that it's filmed, right? It shows him straight on. And then it shows the three boxes with the one in the middle straight on. Okay, and then he says, it's not until we observe it and the camera switches as if it's from a different perspective. That is literally, I'm sorry, oh I just God. need to reiterate once again, that is literally what's happening here. Yes, yeah. I 100% yep. agree. Claudio yep. is doing all the machinations. We all think, because I have literally, guys, I have been wondering, I've been racking my brain over and over. I thought maybe I missed something. Was I just not understanding or something? Did I miss a whole point of how yeah. this time was different out of right. all of the other out times? No. Out yeah, of all the same of them. Thing. It's not. We observed it. It's been happening the whole time. I literally feel like I just ran a mile. Yeah. I just want everyone to know. Um, <laughs> I'm like a little nauseous. <laughs> I. Me too. Me too. I'm just, I'm, I'm absolutely shooketh. I am also shooketh because when he says how many different realities could exist side by side, guess what they do? What? They do the close up shot of Tanhouse in Homeworld and they zoom out instead of in. <gasps> Um, is this an accident? Oh, yo, 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 yo. Is what? I'm so sorry to fucking freak out. And everybody listening is like, what are you looking at? I'm so sorry, everybody. You're <laughs> going to have to pull over and you're going to have to look at this. Is this an accident? We need to go look at the actual episode. W click at that timestamp. It looks like a cut back in. Oh, he looks at us. He looks he away. Looks and then at he looks at us and then they us. cut in. Yeah. Okay. That is from oh, I think season three, episode seven. I'm, I'm going, pull up that Netflix must be now. a min Yep, I'm doing it right now as well. Because if that's not a mistake, holy fuck, man. Okay, now wait a fucking minute, dudes. I'm watching the actual episode and it doesn't cut to Tanhouse in the episode. It cuts to Martha. I think they edited it together for this YouTube. YouTube clip. Yeah, I think so. Where is the moment where Tanhouse looks at the audience like that? Because goddamn, that's so it. good. Has that channel put together, you know how there's a channel on YouTube that takes every single scene with all the characters and puts them all into one chronological timeline uh -huh. thing? Yeah. Yep. Uh, has someone done that for Tanhouse? Because I bet you, I wonder if we took every single Tanhouse scene and put them together, it would be one full narrative. If everything he said was in relation to the previous things he said. Yeah, you mean it would his timeline is the only one that makes sense if you were to only look at his pieces. There's no like Like if going, all of his yes. pieces were together, yep. you know? Oh, well, we'll do that for his episode. We'll look. Totally. Yeah, Holy shit, yeah. that's so good. Oh my god, guys, I just got another realization. What? Yeah. The split screens, every time they use split screens, they're literally boxing the characters in. Yeah. Yep. That's it's literally a oh, box. And it's the two of it's the, frame. the two boxes. Yeah. Yep. It's yep. The yep. Two yep. Boxes yep. Yep. Of yep. The yep. Frame. Yep. Oh, I wonder if that's why they filmed it in the ratio that they filmed it in. Yeah. Because then it puts them in a perfect box. Yeah. Holy shit. Also, I did just remember uh, that it's interesting that they call the time machine the devil in the future because he does actually point out that he's 33 years old. Exactly. And that's <gasps> when the Antichrist rules. Right. Yep. Yeah. So there's there's some more stuff there that. Holy fuck, man. Whew. Wow. Holy shit. What an episode. Yep. Holy crap. I think we can yeah. call it yep. there. If Let's call it. All right. Yep. I'm yeah. okay with that. Holy fuck. Man, thank you so much, everybody, for coming along with us on this journey while we slowly figure things out. I'm so glad we did a retrospective. Yeah, Because this would not have happened with a watch along. No. Nope. Not that watch alongs are bad. I, you know, do one for another show. I fucking love them. They're great. But I'm I'm really glad because I know we I know we waffled a little bit on how we wanted to do this show. And A, I'm so glad we did it this way so that we can have moments like this, you know, where we don't tell each other ahead of time our bomb drops. Because man, this is this is a gift. Dark is a gift, and I'm really proud of this podcast. So thank you for doing it with me, ladies. Oh, my God. Are you kidding? This is the joy. I'm like, absolutely. I'm going to be like addicted to brainy adrenaline rushes. <laughs> you know oh what my I God, mean? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think I think we can definitely wrap this episode there. My God, it's yeah. great. I love this show. I love this. Should we do some shout outs? Oh, yes, we should. I don't have the energy, to be honest with you this week. You guys know who I am. I'm PB. Come find me. <laughs> if you don't, that's cool, too. But I, I love this and I'll see you next week for another episode of this podcast. Yep. Mergs. Yeah, I'm Mergs. Uh, I'm Mergles. You can find me on Twitch if you want. Come say hi. Twitch.tv slash Mergles. 
Uh, right now I'm playing through Mass Effect if we want to talk about yeah. like choices and decisions. It's one of my favorite game series of all time. So uh, I'm having a fun time with it. So thank you so much yeah. for having me today. It was insane. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. I'm going to keep my shout out short and sweet too. I'm Acorn Bandit. You can find me online at Acorn Bandit and also at Joyson Studio, which is J-O-I-S-A-N-S. And we're going to pressure her into doing a dark pin soon because we're coming up on the end of the <laughs> yes. flipping podcast. And I personally want one to remember this project by because it started yep. out as something so small and grew into a big oak tree in my life. And yeah. I would like one. Even if it's just the fucking trifecta. Yeah. It could be something <gasps> Or it's simple. a box. Or we do a box. Oh my God. We do a box with the cat, except the cat is uh, Jonas. Hold Jonas. on. Just a, it's just a perfect image of Jonas's, Jonas's face. Jonas's face crying. <laughs> doing that like, oh, okay, well, we're getting out of hand here. Okay. But um, yeah, maybe not so much that. But I was thinking the, the triangle from the book. Oh, yeah. Right? Because that's... Yeah. The M.C. Escher-esque triangle. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that would be fucking dope. Oh my God. Totally. Let's talk about it. Oh, thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it and were shooketh to the core with our brong moments. If we've missed anything, though, as always, you can tweet us individually. Use the hashtag darkcompanionpod or email darkcompanionpod at gmail.com. And of course, special thanks to Johnny Caballero for letting us use the beautiful cover art. You can find him over on Twitter at Johnny Knight. That's J-H-O-N-Y-K-N-I-G-H-T. We're also proudly part of the Geek Generation Network, and you can find more awesome podcasts related to cool, nerdy things like TV, comics, and movies at thegeekgeneration.com. Thank you so much for diving into Dark. We'll be back next Thursday with a Radio Winden. And after that, we'll be diving into Claudia. Claudia. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) I'm more excited to talk about her now that we had today's discussion. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I'm going to refocus my research to see if if, uh, I can find evidence for what we've we've just discussed. Yeah. Because it was something that I was literally like, you know, Claudia is doing all these things. But what exactly can she do that's actually different this time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they never really it felt like as though they never really presented us with the information that this is definitely different or that is definitely different. I mean, the two realities. But anyway, geez, yeah. we'll exactly. talk about it next yep. time. <laughs> exactly. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.